My name is Carter Vance. I'm from Black Rock, Arkansas. I went to high school there until it shut down. I um, graduated from Son Hendricks High School. From there, I went to Central Arkansas, University of Central Arkansas. Graduated there with my bachelor's in kinesiology. Um, and then from there, I was blessed with the opportunity uh, presently um, to be a men's basketball graduate assistant at Arkansas State. Um, great opportunity. Love the team. Wolves up. Uh, love what I do. Do what you love. <clears throat> Start off today, um, you guys notice the word AIM up here. In true uh, Church of Christ fashion, I wanted to use acronyms, um, just like every other lesson we typically do. Um, the word AIM, in particular, it, it stands for three different points. And what I want to mention today um, are ways that we can stay focused on what God has in store for us, even whenever we're going through certain like trials, tribulations, and struggles. So let's start with the letter A. A stands for authentic. Number one, we're going to be authentic. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If I were stri still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. If you would turn to Luke chapter 22, verse 54 through 62, you guys will notice a pretty familiar passage, familiar name in the Bible as well, Peter. In Luke chapter 22, verse 54 through 62, it talks about uh, how Peter denied Jesus. This is a passage in which Peter denies Jesus. Starting verse 54, it says, Having arrested him, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance, after they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together. Peter was sitting among them, and a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him, said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, another saw him and said, You're one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. After about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him, Before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This dude, Peter, man, he was going through it for real. He was really, really, really going through it. He just saw someone he really, really, really looked up to, someone that he admired the most, Jesus, being arrested by the high priest and carried away in the high priest's courtyard. Started freaking out, cut off some dude's ear. And then after that, he snuck away into that same high priest that Jesus was arrested by, into his courtyard. Probably the worst place you could possibly be in that, in that point in time. Let's be real. He had a choice during this troubling time. He had a lot of stuff going on. His mind's probably racing. He had a bunch of different stuff going on in his head. But he had a choice. He had a choice to be a child of God or not. He chose to accept Jesus and claim him as his own or not. And he chose the latter. If you would turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, and then 8 through 13, we'll skip over to that one. Paul's really talking about what it's like to be a child of God and claiming him and walking in love. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, we'll start with that right here. It says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Go to verse 8. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children in the light, 
for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Turn to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. I think there's a really good story that kind of relates to this and kind of like brings home the point. It's called the story of the lilac. Who gardens in here? You can raise your hand. I like participation. Raise your hand if you like the garden. Yeah, that's what we like. Nobody else likes the garden, for real? Yeah, Ryan, I see you. Yeah, okay. Everybody likes the garden. I like the garden a little bit, too. I mean, not too much. I live in an apartment, so it's kind of hard to plant stuff. Um, so, <clears throat> so it's the story of the lilac. There's this king. He rules over the entire land. Glorious king, majestic king. He rules over all the land. He has a beautiful garden, the best garden in the entire land. He goes out to his garden one day, and he, he looks around. He noticed all the plants and trees and shrubs are kind of drooping over a little bit. They look a little down. He goes up to the pine tree. He goes like, pine tree, why do you look so down? Why are you drooping over? Why, why, why are you withering away? He says, king, I'm not tall like an oak tree. Looks over at the oak tree. Oak tree's kind of down too. He's kind of withering away as well. He goes to the oak tree. The king's like, oak tree, why are you so down? Why, why are you withering away? He says, oh, king, I can't bear fruit like a grapevine. Looks over at the grapevine. Grapevine's withering away, sure enough. He goes over there, the king asks. He said, grapevine, why are you so down? Why are you withering away? He says, oh, king, I can't blossom like a rose. Looks at the rose bush. All the, all the roses are falling off, withering away. He goes over to the rose bush. He says, rose bush, what's up? Why are you down? He says, oh, king, I can't be a tree like a pond. He looks around his entire garden, and all these plants are just withering away. But sure enough, in the back corner over there, there's a lilac bush, beautiful as can be, majestic, vibrant, colorful, just blooming, just jubilant in all his glory. He goes to a lilac bush, and the king's like, lilac, why are you like this? Everyone else is withering away, yet, yet you're so vibrant and beautiful. He says, O king, if you wanted me to be a pine tree, you would have placed a pine tree in my stead. If you wanted an oak tree, you would have placed an oak tree in my stead. If you wanted a grapevine, you would have placed a grapevine in my stead. If you wanted a rose bush in my stead, you would have placed a rose bush in my stead. But since you wanted me, a lilac bush, in this place, I'll be the best version of myself that I can be. I'm going to be the best lilac I can be. I'm going to be what you called me to be. Same thing applies here. God calls us to walk in love and be children of light. It's our job to be the best, best version of that that we can absolutely be day in and day out, no matter if you want to be yourself or somebody else or if you just don't feel like being yourself. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do. Be authentic. Number two, show initiative. I, initiative. In 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 7, says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. You know, it's really easy to lack motivation during, like, really difficult times. I know, like, you have, you have bad days. Not everybody has good days, you know what I'm saying? We have bad days. You know, we really don't want to do a whole lot of stuff. But it takes a little bit of initiative to get going. Initiative is cultivating the ability to make decisions and take action through the discipline, the courage, and the fearlessness that God has supplied us with. 
A lot of people think of Nehemiah. Everybody know, a lot of people know who Nehemiah is, a story in the Bible. Nehemiah, a lot of people think of Nehemiah as a, as a story of strength, story of courage. That is true, 100% true. But I like to think of it as a story, story of initiative and motivation. So let's kind of bring it on back a little bit. For those of you that don't know Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a servant to a king. He's been captured and his city was destroyed. Nehemiah had kept on hearing stories of his city being destroyed and how the walls were torn down and needed to be rebuilt and his people were just suffering. And so this dude has the audacity to go up to the king and ask, O king, please let me go home so I can help my people and rebuild my city. This man has the audacity to ask the king, the highest level person in that city, be like, can you let me go home? I need to help my people. I don't know if the king was having a good day or what, but this guy was like, let's get it. Let's go. I tell you what, too. I'm going to give you people to go with you. And I tell you what, too. I'm going to give you supplies to go with you, too. Take these supplies, take your people, go rebuild your city. So they take off. That whole group, all the tools, all that. Nehemiah takes off. Nehemiah's got some haters, though. Some of the local officials kind of come up to him, and they're kind of angered that he's rebuilding the city. And they're like, Nehemiah, you better stop. We don't like what you're doing. You better stop. We don't like what you're doing, or you're going to get it. And Nehemiah is like, we're not afraid of you. My God is great and awesome. So they're like, all right, if you don't want to do that, we'll just kill you. Nehemiah is like, we're not afraid of you. My Lord is great and awesome. They're like, okay, well, if that's not going to work, we'll give you money. We'll give you a certain amount of money, and you can just go take it, do whatever you want, just leave. Get out of here. He's like, we're not afraid of you. Our God is great and awesome. That's what he says. Through all that perseverance, through prayer, all that time, I think it, I think it was like 52 days or something like that. I tried to do a little bit of research. 52 days they rebuilt that wall. Rebuilt the whole wall, 52 days. That is a highly motivated individual. Highly motivated. A lot of initiative. A lot of initiative and a lot of motivation. And to be honest, I don't know if I could do that. That's a pretty motivated individual. And I know we all feel like that at, at times. We all feel some days, you know, like, I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't want to go work my nine to five. I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go do that. But sometimes things got to get done. We got to show just a little bit of initiative. For those who are unmotivated, like myself, at times, yes, uh, to take action for us motiv- unmotivated individuals, it looks like this. It takes emotional inspiration to become motivated to take action. So we need emotional inspiration, then we need to be motivated, and then we need to take action. That's how our minds work. I know there's a lot of younger people in here. I know whenever I was in high school, still hooping a little bit, I would watch YouTube, watch like hype videos on YouTube, like basketball, like NBA players, like dunking on the beat, you know what I'm saying? And like dribbling, all that kind of stuff, like getting hyped up for games. Like I needed that to like hype me up for my basketball games. I know a lot of, I know a lot, Trey, I know you do that. I know he does that. That's what I needed. That's what I had to get going. I had to be inspired first and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Sometimes we, we, we don't get that. We don't get that. So let's suggest this. Let's say instead of the action being last, 
Let's move the action to the front to instead make it take action, be inspired, then be motivated to act again in a constant cycle. So, for example, college kid and myself, we got to write some papers. Got to write some papers. I hate, oh, my goodness. Oh. I love working with the basketball team, but, like, going back to grad school, whoo. I don't know about that homework. I don't know about that homework. But I got to do papers anyway, so we got to write them, right? So I'm thinking in my mind, you got to think, well, let me just get my laptop and go to Blackboard. Blackboard is the, the, the software we use or whatever. Let's open up Blackboard. Show a little bit of initiative, get your laptop, open that bad boy up, log into Blackboard. From there, you're like, well, let's just see what I have to write this paper about, and like what the requirements are. And you see it's like, oh, three pages, APA format, you know, one-inch margins, 12-point font. That's not bad. Double space? We could do that. That's doable. I got an idea for the introduction. You start typing out the introduction, you're like, wait a second. I, I, I got another point. I got another point. You go to the paragraph, next paragraph, and then boom, next paragraph, next paragraph. Next thing you know, after a certain amount of time, it just doesn't get done like that. But after a certain amount of time, paper's done. And at first, you were sitting there, you were like, I don't even want to get out of bed. But you showed a little bit of initiative. Just that little bit of initiative made you take action. And then from there, you saw something that inspired you, and then it motivated you to take more action. Same thing applies. I feel like college is really weird because it's, it's like the transition between being a kid and an adult. So, like, we have to go get groceries by ourselves now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I said in the, the early morning service, I love Kroger. I don't know if you guys go to Kroger or not. I love Kroger. I go there at least every other day. Not even joke. It might not even be for anything. I just like walking around in there. I just like the vibe. I don't know what it is. But I'll go into Kroger. But like some days I don't even want to like go get groceries or anything. I'll just be like, if I don't go get groceries, I'm not going to be able to eat. Like I need to eat something. So you got to think, what if I just go get my car? Like people do that. People like sit in their car just listen to music. I might just sit in the parking lot, listen to music, and do that. All right. Go get your keys, walk down steps, keys in ignition, start that bad boy up, listen to music. You're like, well, let's just drive around. I don't like just like staring at this wall I'm parked in front of. Like, let's, let's go get going. Let's go drive around for a little bit. You drive around, next thing you know, oh, there goes Kroger. Let's just pull up in there real quick. Next thing you know, you're getting groceries at Kroger. And all it took was, let's go grab the keys. That's all it took. Now, I know that's a very, a pretty basic example, you know. But in the grand scheme of things, if you show just a little bit of initiative to start, typically what happens once you take action, it leads to inspiration and then to motivation. And it's just a constant cycle. If we can rewire our brains and just harness that, harness that inspiration and harness what it feels like, we can do some crazy awesome things. Some really awesome things. A lot of good work. Number three, be mindful. And mindful. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27. So what it says, it says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to do it. 
You know, it's really, really, really easy for us to overlook others while we are struggling ourselves. So easy. Like, I, I have to fix my problems before I can go help anybody else. I have to go fill my cup before I can fill others' cup. That is true. That is true. Turn to Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. It says this. It says, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. We're called to bear each other's burdens. Even if the struggle that you are going through isn't the same struggle that I'm going through. Me personally, I'm, I'm terrible with empathy. I have a very, 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 very hard time of putting myself in other people's shoes. That's something we work on. I know, I know I'm not the only one. Something that we consistently need to work on every single day. But the one thing that just really bothers me the most is whenever people say, it could be worse. I could be a lot worse off. Or I have it so much worse than they got it. I got this going on, this going on, this going on. They have nowhere near as much stuff as I got going on. No! No, it doesn't matter who's got it better or worse. It ain't matter. It does not matter. Like, could you imagine if we did like a point system for like, oh, they got it so much worse than they got it over here. Like, think about it like, like Job. Like, take it back to Job. Think about it. He had like 700 sheep, like 3,000 camels, like 500 oxen, 500 donkeys, lost his children, lost his servants, lost his health. But he didn't have it near as bad as the Egyptians. Man, those Egyptians, they had their water turned to blood. They had the lice, they had the flies, they had the gnats, they had the boils, they had the darkness, they had the death of the firstborn, they had the hail. They had it so much worse than the prodigal son who had his estate squandered. Man got hit with a famine. Famine. Ain't as bad as water turned to blood. And eating with swine is nowhere near as bad as having boils all over your body or constant darkness or losing your firstborn. The matter of the fact is, we're all broken. We're all broken. Don't matter if you think you got it worse off than someone else or not. We're all broken in some way, shape, or fashion. Some may be more fractured than others, but in the grand scheme of things, we're all broken. It don't matter if you go home to your family, if you go to your job, you come to church with a smile on your face or a frown on your face. We all broken. Every single one of us. Although, we're broken, there are people there for us. We're called to bear each other's burdens. We're all called to bear each other's burdens. I'm going to close with this. AIM is an acronym. But I kind of wanted to bring it back around to this point. There's a quote. I don't, I don't want to butcher it, so I'm going to read it word for word. It says, An arrow can only be shot by pulling it backwards. When life is pulling you back with difficulties, it means it's going to launch you into something great. Some people probably heard that, some not. don't really matter. People that do archery and, and, and hunters out there, I know, I know there's a couple of you guys out there. Whenever you pull an arrow back, you just let it go, or what you got to do first before you let it go? You got to aim, right? You're shooting for something. You're shooting a target. 
You can't just let that thing go. Let it go willy-nilly. You got to aim first. So whenever life is pulling you back and dragging you down, we use these three points. Authenticity, showing initiative, and being mindful and aware of others. These three points, use these to focus, aim, and lock on towards our target. What's our target? What's our goal? See up we're called. That's what it's all about. Use those three things. Remember that during tough times, we be authentic by being true to what God calls us to be. We show initiative, but not remaining stagnant and taking action. And we're to be mindful of others by bearing their burdens and letting others bear ours as well. There's a quick little thing before, before we leave. I, I, I've only been here for about two or three months now. Um, being a basketball coach, you are a little bit of, you're everywhere. Kind of a nomad a little bit. Last year I was in Kansas, and I was in Central Arkansas. I was a little bit everywhere. So I've only been here for about two or three months. But I do have to say, every single person I met and every single person that I have not met yet, you guys are a light in this community. I see it every day, especially on Sundays and Wednesdays whenever I get to come here. This church is a light in this community and in this world. And I'm seeing it for myself. I haven't been there for that long, and I'm already seeing it. This group right here is a special group of people. I was in a, I was in a similar group um, at UCA. This group is unbelievable. If you haven't got the chance to meet everybody, please take the time out of your day and do so. They are amazing people. Any got to come talk to me, talk to them. They are awesome people. Amazing. Their light shines bright in this world. So I want to thank you guys for letting me come speak this morning. Appreciate you guys. You guys are an amazing church family. Amazing. If you're seeking help or encouragement, you need help in any of these areas in life, please accept this invitation as we stand and as we sing.